to Datsuk. What a move! Right in, oh. scores! Wow. Oh, but Datsuk in deep, that's a beauty! Heisman moving blue line, chance, scores! You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town with your host, Austin Goodman. Hello, Octopiers. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very special edition of Octopi Hockey Town. Today, we're coming to you live from the Red Wings training camp in Traverse City, Michigan, where the 2014-2015 Detroit Red Wings prospects and free agent invites all have joined together at the Center Ice Arena for their annual training camp. Friday kicked off the events early in the morning through mid-afternoon. The players, which have been divided up into three teams, Team Del Vecchio, Team Lindsay, and Team Howe. The three-team cycle with the coaches between two rinks, David's rink and the West rink. They watch video, do on-ice practice and off-ice workouts, scrimmages, and then they rotate. Last night, after a full day of training camp activities, the Red Wings family called on their alumnus and celebrities to host their annual alumni and celebrity game. Yuri Fisher and Chris Draper led the red team, which also featured head coach Mike Babcock and Grand Rapids Griffins head coach Jeff Blaschel against goaltender and general manager Ken Holland, veteran defender Chris Chelios, and an offender Dallas Drake of the white team. Today we're on our third day of training camp, and at noon we will all know the two teams, the red and white scrimmage, where the players will have one last chance to play and show their stuff to prove themselves worthy of a roster spot prior to the exhibition games. We're also going to be bringing in the Red Wings radio personality, Ken Cal, to give his take on everything that has gone on here at camp. So guys, segment number one, the review of day one. Um, I actually got a very great quote from Yuri Fisher, and he said, every team is created to replicate one another. One line will have a full line of wings from last year. The next line will have a couple wings mixed in. The next line, players from the Grand Rapids Griffins, and then they'll throw in a few juniors players and free agent invites, and that was quoted from Yuri Fisher. So guys, by the end of the day on Friday, the team had already taken place in two scrimmages, and that first scrimmage that started at 11.40 a.m., Team Howe scored the first goal of training camp, which came off of the stick of Luke Glendening and was assisted by Mitch Callahan. And I actually think that's kind of funny because in an interview yesterday with Mitch Callahan, uh, him and I were talking, he was saying that Luke Glendening is a massive asset to him and his um, his entire scheme, basically. Mitch Callahan is looking up to Luke Glendening. They're very good friends, he was telling me. Um, and, and I think that's very key for Mitch Callahan to be able to talk to somebody like Luke, Luke Glendening that was in his position last year. Um, Dominic Turgeon scored unassisted for Team Holland right before Team Howe put away their second goal from prospect Darby Lewin. Now, although those youngsters were showing their stuff to the executive staff and most importantly Mike Babcock, the player's most important weekend project is to stay consistent. Mike Babcock was quoted, it was too early to, ex- to assess anything before the exhibition games. Now, although the Red Wings did not add any well-known talent to their starting lineup they do have a lot of depth in all facets of the game coming from players that want to make their name known in the nhl originally anthony mantha the 19 year old was supposed to get reps on the first line next to pavel datsuk but after a fractured tibia in the nhl prospects tournament thomas tatar has been scratched 
and put or Anthony Mantha has been scratched rather, and Thomas Tatar has filled in that role that Mantha had left open. Now, Thomas Tatar, 23 years old, still understands the way around during this offseason. He's really come together, although Coach Mike Babcock rewarded him for his actions on and off the ice. He still understands that there's a lot of work to do towards being a consistent first liner of the Detroit Red Wings. And Tatar was quoted yesterday saying, it's nice. I played a little bit of last season with those guys. I played with Helmer kind of a lot when he was healthy. So it's been fun for sure. And on the top line, I'm really enjoying it. Now, Impressions from the first day, prospects that really impressed me. I would say Nick Hogan, Joe Hicketts, and Luke Glendening. Obviously, we all know that Glendening had stepped up last season. Um, he came out looking solid, had the first goal in the first scrimmage. Uh, team Howell versus Team Lindsay. As for Joe Hicketts, it's a new guy. He's wearing number 53. He had a couple goals throughout Prospects Tournament and the scrimmages. He has a good slap shot. He's a little small for a defender, but I think he makes solid decisions with that puck, and it's been evident throughout the entire duration of training camp. Now, as for the veteran returns, Thomas Tatar being put up to that first line, he has a new pair of hands. It looks like, you know, he's looking pretty good right now. Just trying to be a little bit better each year is what Thomas was getting in. Then, of course, Danny DeKaiser with the new contract extension. He's looking a little bit more... Um, as a teacher out there rather than somebody that is trying to learn going into his second full season in the NHL. Now, guys, I want to bring along a good uh, a good person to bring along for the Detroit Red Wings. We have the radio personality here next to us, Ken Cow. Ken, how you doing today? Doing good, Austin. Great to be here in Traverse City, and, uh, boy, we're all excited about a brand-new season coming up. Yeah, so... Ken, first question for you. What do you think fans can take away from the excellence that Johan Franzen has showed, both physically in his tests and on ice during training camp? Well, Austin, as you know, the Red Wings had over 440 man games lost to injury last year, and uh, one of those injured players was Johan Franzen. So it's exciting to see that, you know, he got a good good physical, good... um, reward from the doctor saying he was in great shape and uh, and they need him I mean you look at the Red Wings they need some goal scoring and of course the mule provides that offensive touch he's very good uh, powerful skater he's a, a, a power forward knows how to put the puck in the net and I think the Red Wings are really counting on him to stay healthy and really have a good good season this year especially with a veteran like Daniel Alfredson that didn't you know obviously get his you know he didn't get healthy in time for the regular season do you think anything's going to end up happening with Daniel Alfredson well, you know, if when you get 40 years old, uh, I know what it's like. Uh, you get up in age, and, and it, it's not like you're 20 years old. So Daniel mm-hmm. Alfredson uh, with a back injury, and back injuries really um, can sideline a player for a long time. And uh, it's a lower back injury. I even feel a little bit of stress <laughs> in my lower back from yeah. playing hockey for so long. Yeah, but you're young still. Exactly. But, a 41-year-old, I can't even imagine. And, and the thing about Daniel Alfredson, uh, he's, he's great when he's healthy. But uh, even last year, like many of the Red Wings, Austin, he, he was injured and uh, he really couldn't give you 100% game mm-hmm. in and game out. So that'll be a tough decision for management. He's unrestricted right now, so mm-hmm. any team can sign him. Uh, if he does play, I hear he wants to play for the Red Wings. So right. we'll just have to wait down the road and see what happens you know, before the start of the season if Alfredson you know, will be uh, signed and play again with the Detroit Red Wings this season. Now, if Daniel Alfredson doesn't re-sign and Johan Franzen is looking better, what do you think the chances are for a player like Anthony Mantha or Thomas Nozak to step up into the reins up here? Well, I was really looking forward to watching Anthony Mantha play. I, I watched him uh, in competitions last season, and 
you know, he's a proven goal scorer. He's one of those guys that uh, has proven to be a, a prolific goal scorer each and every level that he's played at. And he had four goals in the prospect camp here, and I really wanted to see him play, especially with uh, Pavel Datsuk, maybe Darren Helm. That didn't happen because of the yeah. injury. Um, bad luck, but again, you know, it's not like he busted the bone in two. It's just a, a small fracture, but he's going to be sidelined. But again, I think once he, he, he gets healthy again, um, you know, they'll really give him a good look, and, and maybe he has to start the season in Grand Rapids and work his way up. But uh, the coaches, they don't want to rush him. Mm -hmm. Ken Holland always uses that expression. He wants his players overripe. Uh, but but down the road, I see him as like a Steven Stamkos type. If he's got the hands and he can put the puck in the net, uh, I think he's going to be dangerous. And, I mean, with that big frame at 6'5", 217 pounds, I mean, the guy is big and he's muscular, he's strong. You, you know, when you see him walking around here on those crutches, you see him as this tall, lanky guy, but there's so much muscle on him. You can't really push that off the puck, and that's what I'm excited to see. Well, the thing, too, I was talking with um, some of the scouts around here during camp, and what they really liked about Anthony Mantha in the prospect camp is that other teams were talking about him. And it's not like the Red Wings were the only one promoting Anthony Mantha, but other teams saw him play in that prospect tournament, and they were saying some great things about him. So, you know, by his play and uh, the example that he, he's out there on the ice and he's scoring goals like he did all the way through to where he's at today, that's a good sign that other teams are talking about because you know you got a, a gem right there. Yeah, and I mean, in the QMJHL for Val Dor, you get 57 games in there. You're getting 120 points. You can't lie against that, Ken. No, statistics don't lie. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, again, this is a big jump, though. It, it's hard to go from junior right to the National Hockey League. You're playing amongst men. And really, last year, you look at uh, how many 50-goal scorers there were. I think Ovechkin was the only one. And, mm -hmm. and, and in this league, you just don't score that many goals. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he will come in, Anthony Mantha, step in and, and play, you know, when he gets his opportunity to play. You know, and last season was actually the first season we've seen, and I can't even remember how long, that the Red Wings had more goals against than they did goals for. And that truly hurt me at the core. And with Anthony Mantha's sideline at the beginning of the season, hopefully a goal scorer like him could really push himself to get up in the ranks. You know, Austin, I think the Red Wings pride themselves in being a puck possession team. And with, with the makeshift lines that Mike Babcock had to use because of all the injuries that we talked about previously, it was tough. But I, I think if you look at the Red Wings and how they've played in the past and how they want to play, is the best defense is when you have the puck offensively. So if you can possess the puck and don't allow the other team to, to get it, then obviously you're going to score more than you're going to give up against. But again, the Red Wings need, I think, to play better in front of Jimmy Howard this season. Ford's coming back, defenseman pushing people out. And I think Jimmy Howard, again, is a key. And um, you know, I'm hoping that he has a, a really good year this season because last year I think there was a lot on his mind and um, you know didn't play up to his capabilities. And I think he wants to prove everybody uh, wrong now, saying, like, you know what, I can do it. And and he's going to have a good year this year. You know, there were a lot of naysayers last year about Jimmy Howard. Quite frankly, I think Jimmy Howard is one of the better goaltenders in this league when he is mentally there. And that is only if he's 100% mentally there. I think Jimmy has a little bit of issue um, keeping it there throughout all 82 games. And, you know, obviously you have a solid backup goaltender in Jonas Gustafsson, who has just re-signed. And... Um, you know, I think Gustafson is going to see a lot of play this year. What did you see out of Gustafson last year? Well, I think without him, the Red Wings don't make the playoffs. He had 16 or 17 victories exactly. last year. And he came in in a couple of strange uh, instances, one in particular early in the year in Boston, where Howard took the warm-ups and then he had a hand problem. And, 
and uh, Gus had to come in and play, and, and the Red Wings won that hockey game, I believe, 3-2. to two. So without his stellar play and winning 16, 17 games, the Red Wings don't make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Jimmy, he worked hard in the offseason. I've watched him the last couple of days here in training camp, and it looks like he's on his game. So I'm yep. expecting good things from Jimmy Howard. Yeah, I was looking at Jimmy Howard as well, and, you know, it looks like he's got that transitioning, that side-to-side movement back, and I really like that out of Jimmy Howard. He's one of the only goaltenders in the NHL that has such fluent motion from side-to-side in net. I think that really brings a lot for Jimmy Howard and, you know, for the rest of the team. When your goaltender's hot, you can get hot too. You want to play better when your goaltender, you know, is backing you up. So I want to move along here. What do you think? this season has in store for a player like Thomas Tatar, who was just put up to that first line after Anthony Mantha was scratched. We all know that he was starting at the first line next to Pavel Datsuk before he fractured that tibia. Where do you see Thomas Tatar this season? Well, he's a very gifted player, and uh, he's got a good touch around the net. He scored some beautiful goals last year, and you know, I think what the young guys learned last year in the playoffs against Boston is that when you make it into the playoffs, things really tighten down. Mm-hmm. And even a guy like Nyquist who came out and he was uh, scoring like crazy for the Red Wings. And, yep. you know, when he came up from Grand Rapids and, you know, he was, uh, you know, he, he kind of got shut down there in the playoffs like most Red Wings did. Against- he was mentally struck, I think, by the big <laughs> stage of it all. The playoffs bring a whole different atmosphere. You could feel it in your bones when, even when you're a fan, let alone a player when you're out there. You know, it, it, this guy, Gustav Nyquist, obviously was a star last year when he was brought up in the Grand Rapids Griffins. You know, we're talking about Thomas Tatar right now, but Gustav Nyquist, personally, I think I've seen him kind of decline a little bit here at this training camp. I don't know if you've seen the same out of Gustav, or it, it's just me, but just every time I see him making a play, it seems like, you know, he's talking to himself mentally that, you know, why did I make that mistake? You know, I, do you, did you see any of that? Well, I, I think I think watching training camp over the years, like I've been here in Traverse City, it, it's really hard for players that have been in the National Hockey League, how, hard to gauge them because, you know, this is another training camp to mm-hmm. them. I mean, I, I mean, they want to work on their game, but this doesn't mean anything. What really matters is October 9th when they start and drop mm-hmm. the puck against the Boston Bruins. So it's really hard to gauge. You, you look at the youngsters, the guys that are on the bubble, the guys that will probably start in Grand Rapids. You'll watch and, and, and see from year to year how those guys develop, and, and that's basically what I watch. Um, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to look at a guy like Nyquist or Tatar here at Traverse City I, I think a lot will be seen in the exhibition games. But the, the thing about Thomas Tatar and, and Nyquist, and I mentioned it before, Austin, is when Pavel Datsuk came up, he struggled a little bit in the playoffs too when he first came in. And good players make those adjustments, and they learn from the experience. It doesn't happen overnight. So, mm-hmm. so I look for good things to happen down the road with Nyquist and Tatar and Riley Shahan and all these guys that really, really made a difference. Yurko, um, you know, played well too. They, they need to make that next level, that next jump, and that'll be interesting to see if they can do that and how they do it coming into this new season. Yeah, I actually am so happy you brought up Riley Sheehan. I've been watching him throughout all training camp. He was my guy last year um, from that youngsters uh, group, basically. I think that Riley Sheehan's really going to bring out some good stuff this year. Um, during training camp, he's really been trying to prove himself. I can see how hard he wants to work on his face, and it looks like he got a little bit bigger muscularly. Um, what do you see coming out of Riley Sheehan going into this season? Well, when he first came in and played a handful of games for Detroit, um, 
he really wasn't that impressive. I, I mean, I looked at him and I, and I said, like, you know, wow. I mean, he's going to have to play better. Yeah, average and, at first. And and here's what I mean about making that next jump. And, and he did exactly that because he was a totally uh, different-looking player from the handful of games that I first seen him play with the Red Wings until when he was put in action and he was actually playing on a regular basis. I thought he was strong in front of the net. Um, he's got a great shot, physical. He can uh, push bodies around. And he did make that next level. But... But again, it's all about getting it to the next level now mm -hmm. for Riley Shahan. We know what he can do. We know he can play in the National Hockey League. But now he's got to contribute on a game-by-game -game basis, and that's putting points on the board. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a roster spot is flowing around right now. I've seen some great potentials coming up through each one of the training camp teams. Obviously, um, you know, there's so many different opportunities for these different guys, whether it be in Grand Rapids or in Toledo or at the biggest stage of them all in the NHL. Who stands out to you, Ken, as a guy you know, that not a lot of people know that can really step it up this year, kind of like Gustav Nyk was Tatar, Sheehan, and Yurko from last season. Well, the two guys, or three guys, really, that I look uh, at this, you know, the young guys that were playing mostly in Grand Rapids last year that I think can make the next jump up to the National Hockey League are all three defensemen in Ouellette, Sproul, and uh, Marshenko. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marshenko had an ankle injury last year and kind of sidelined him. I saw him play one game last year. I think it was against Ottawa. Uh, he was pretty good, and yep. Sproul looked pretty good. He's a he, he can really fire the puck. Oh yeah, and Ulett's pretty steady back there on the blue line. So those three guys, and, and you know, like Sproul's a right-handed shot. I was just about to bring that up. I love the fact that he's a right-handed shot with that beautiful slap shot that he has. It's perfect. It's fluent, and I like that. I like to see that out of a player like that. And he's a winner too. And 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 right now, if you look at like Mike Babcock, on a, in a perfect world, would like to have three left-handed shots and three right-handed shots on yeah. the blue line. And, but we all know it's not a perfect world around here. It's not a perfect here. world, right. So you look at all the Red Wing defensemen right now, and they're all left-handed shots. So, um, you know, but those three fellas that I mentioned, really, I think, by the end of the year, will somehow make it up and play in the National Hockey League. And, and you're going to have injuries. And, mm -hmm. and right now the Red Wings are a little bit thin on the blue line. I know Aaron Rome's here yep. and, and they, you know, getting a little look at a tryout. He's a veteran defenseman. Yeah, he's been looking good here. And, and so... You know, it'll be interesting to see how those three youngsters develop, and, and, and it really takes time to learn the defensive position in the National Hockey League. You, you know, and, and a good example of that is Brendan Smith. I mean, he's going through some growing pains, um, but he's a good, solid, puck-moving defenseman. And I think year after year, um, you know, he's going to learn more. He's going to figure out when to jump and when not to be aggressive. And, and I think that'll just that's just the learning curve amongst defensemen in the National Hockey League. So... You know, the youngsters have a lot to prove, but on the other hand, they're going to get the opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I actually have been doing a feature every Friday. It's called Friday's Future Wing. And all three of those players that you just talked about, I have featured as a Friday's Future Wing. I believe that Ryan Sproyle, Xavier Ouellette, and Alexei Marchenko all have the capability of making it to that next level. But as you say, you know, you have to be able to make that jump. And it has to be consistent. And that's one big thing. Thing for me is consistency. You always want to be consistent, and if you can't keep your consistency going, then you're not going to continue getting a roster spot. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a good, good point, because if you look at Mr. Consistency, you look at a guy like Steve Eiserman, mm -hmm. especially Nicholas Lidstrom back there on the blue line. Oh, boy, he, there's nobody more consistent than Nick. And, and another guy was Vladimir Konstantinov when he played. Like, as a coach, you know what to expect game in and game out from those players because they always bring it at such a high level. The problem you have with maybe perhaps some of the younger players is that they have a lot of peaks and valleys and, mm -hmm. and dips, and, and you don't know 
from shift to shift what they're going to bring to the table, you knew exactly what you were going to get from Nicholas Lidstrom, Konstantinov, Eiserman, every time they went out on the ice. So I, I agree with you. I think consistency is the key. And, and I, at this point, I just want to give kudos to the, the Red Wing coaching staff because with all the injuries last year, I think Mike Babcock and his staff did an outstanding job in getting the most out of his young players and, uh, and, and really getting them to play well, and it qualified them for the playoffs. And, and with that said, too, I think Jeff Blashill and his staff in Grand Rapids did a really good job in preparing the youngsters so that when they did make it to the big club in the National Hockey League with the Red Wings, that they were ready to step in and perform at a, at a high level. Exactly. And, you know, even Erickson has been quoted in this offseason saying that he's still not 100% ready, um, you know, not 100% healthy with that finger injury that he got last season. And that kind of struck me as frightening. You know, if one of your top defenders are already saying that they, you know, aren't feeling 100%, what does that mean for the rest of the season? We have 82 games in front of us and a potential, who knows how many, if the Red Wings make the 24th consecutive playoff. You know, Austin, this is a tough league, and, and teams are going to have injuries. And what I've noticed, because you're playing so many games in a, in a short amount of time, like you're playing four games a week sometimes with all the travel, teams aren't going to be healthy. And, and that's where the training staff comes in. The training staff has to make sure that uh, you know, they keep the players in tip-top shape and, and getting, getting them ready. But with that said, your body can only take so much. This is a tough league. And we mentioned uh, the physical aspect of the game and, and the speed of the game is at an all-time high right now. And uh, you're going to see injuries. So, you know, we mentioned the injury factor early on in our conversation about the Red Wings and the 440 man games lost to injury. Uh, you've got to have depth. And I think what we're seeing with this Red Wing team and, and what's really good, I think, Austin, is the fact that you have young players that have NHL experience that can come in and step in and, and play in the National Hockey League now. The only question in my eyes right now is the blue line core because, as you mentioned with Erickson, maybe not feeling 100%, uh, you, you count on him. You count on Cronwall, and you just hope that those guys can stay healthy for the duration because they're a little bit thin on the blue line. Yeah, Cronwell was one of the most consistent players last year playing in 79 games, so I thought that was impressive um, out of Nicholas Cronwell. Now, as for the other players that obviously injury-ridden, so many different questions there are about each one of these players. Pavel Datsuk, you know, he's missed half the season for the past three years. Pavel Datsuk has been, you know, steadily going down in numbers, games played throughout the season, and that's quite frankly scary to me. One of the best players in the world not playing consistently for you every single day in and out. You need to see consistency out of Pavel Datsuk. And as for a player like Henrik Zetterberg, who was also out half the season last year, he had his surgery, said he's feeling better. Hopefully nothing else retweaks that back in another place or another area. That's what scares me. Um, but I actually kind of want to tell our audience a little bit more about these training camp rosters and about how they're all split up. Um, Team Del Vecchio is made up of Joachim Anderson, Tyler Bertuzzi, Colin Campbell, Pavel Datsuk, Darren Helm, uh, there's the FA invite, Jeff Hogan, Tom, uh, Thomas Yurko, Anthony Mantha would have been in there, but they traded out Thomas Tatar from Team Lindsay. And as for the defensemen on Team Del Vecchio, Danny DeKaiser, Jakob Kindle, Brian Lashoff, two of those, Kindle and Lashoff, I could see potentially being replaced by players like Xavier Olette 
or you know Ryan Sproil if they prove themselves worthy of being pushed up there. Um, and the goaltender Jimmy Howard and Jared Croy uh, for Team Del Vecchio. As for Team Howe, uh, they got Mitch Callahan, Daniel Cleary, Johan Franzen, Luke Lendening, Drew Miller, Henrik Zetterberg, players that have seen the ice before. Kyle Quincy just got his brand new contract. And of course, Brendan Smith, as we've been talking about on the show here. And then Xavier Olette. And then Joe Hicketts, which has really brought um, attention to me, from me. Um, I think Joe Hicketts is small, but he's got a good slap shot on him and a strong set of hands. Um, as for the goaltenders here, we got Jonas Gusebson and Tom McCollum. And then Team Lindsay. Justin Ablocator, Landon Ferraro, Andres Nestrazel, Gustav Nyquist, Riley Shahan, or Tatar was moved out to Del Vecchio, Dominic Terger, and Stephen Weiss. And then the real veteran defensemen, Jonathan Erickson, Nicholas Cronwall, and then Ryan Sproil is out there with them as well, Peter Morazic and Jake Patterson in net. Um, so... You know, really, these rosters are divided up pretty equally here. As, you know, I quoted Yuri Fisher at the beginning of the show. You know, personally, I believe that Justin Ablicator is looking much more determined right now than he has in years past. Do you think he's going to be able to take it to that next leadership role on this team this season? Well, one thing about Justin Ablicator is that, um, you know, he's grown in his, his days here in the National Hockey League. I think when he first came into the league, he took some penalties that maybe he looked back now and say, you know what, those were bad penalties to take and uh, at times did hurt the team. But with that said, uh, he's a very physical player. He's learned from past mistakes and uh, he's a guy that, uh, that you count on to win those battles in the corner. And I really liked when he played on the line with Zetterberg and Datsuk at times. He's a guy that can go into the corner, get the puck, retrieve it, give it to Pavel Datsuk, and, and Datsuk enjoys playing with him. So, so anytime you get Datsuk enjoying a, a guy like Abdelkader, you know, he, he's, he's going to be good. So, uh, you know, he scored some big goals last year, and again, he continues to improve. Yeah, absolutely. I think Justin Abdelkader is a big asset to this team, both physically and mentally. I think Abdelkader is a very, um, I think he's very composed on the ice, um, as opposed to what he was before. Now, Justin Ablicator coming into the league, he didn't have much composure coming out of MSU. He was a Spartan dog, and he really took it to players. But I think that he's really taken it back a step and really focused on his game and his game alone, not letting other people affect his game as much. Uh, now, one of my final questions for you, Ken, what do you expect to see going into day three and going into this red and white game that we're about to experience here in about 10 minutes? Well, the thing about uh, this Day three today is, is actually the Red Wings are losing a day in training camp, and and um, you know this red-white game really was kind of a determining bubble type factor for uh, some of the youngsters. But I don't think it's necessary. I don't think that's the case here this year. Um, you're, you're still going to go through the whole practices. We saw them earlier this morning. You know, team skating, uh, but it'll be a good a good exercise in, in how these guys play in a scrimmage game, the red-white game. Absolutely. So, Ken, I have to ask you before we sign out here, you played in the alumni celebrity game last night. How did it feel to get out there? You have a good time? I'm sure you did. I, I wanted to be out there. It looked like you guys were having fun. Well, it, it really was a good good time, and uh, I didn't play too well. I think it was minus two, and uh, they were calling me the Zamboni or something out there. But uh, it was actually for a good cause, and we raised money for Center Ice here in Traverse City. They do such a great job uh, here. And, 
you know, it was a lot of fun, and we all enjoyed ourselves out there. And I'm telling you, the pace was pretty fast. I know Draper and Fisher, they were on uh, the same team I was on. And, well, uh, when you've got a 34-year-old Fisher that is 6'5", and he could still be playing in the NHL, quite frankly. I loved Yuri Fisher back in the day. Of course, we all know his heart issues. He went into cardiac arrest in that game in November 2005, um, and that was extremely unfortunate for Yuri. But the Red Wings, as a family crew, still gave him an opportunity, and I think he does a great job as a director of player development here um he's really stepped it up um you know when it comes to just being there day in and day out i think that yuri fisher is one of the most consistent guys to come in here and evaluate his players and very genuinely a nice guy to the core um you know but yuri fisher aside chris draper looked like he was having fun out there he was messing with a bunch of people we saw ken holland bring out a mini net at the beginning of the second period i thought that was hilarious uh, personally, but I'm glad that you had a good time out there. And Ken, thank you so much for joining us today on Octopi Hockey Town. Um, it's truly been a pleasure and an honor sitting next to you um, and being able to put out this podcast for, for all of our listeners out there. Austin, it was a pleasure, and we look forward to the conclusion of training camp in a couple of days, and the exhibition season starts, or preseason games start Monday as the team plays in Pittsburgh, and then Tuesday in Chicago. And uh, we're just really closing in on the opening of another great season. We're looking forward to great things again for the Red Wings. And uh, hopefully they can make the playoffs again for the 24th straight season and really go on and really have a great season. Yeah, hopefully they're just five years away from the overall best consecutive playoff streak of all time. It is 28 consecutive years. And hopefully the Red Wings can take a little bit of a notch into that at 24 this season. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to our very special edition of Octobi Hockey Town. I'd like to thank yet again Ken Cal for taking time to come on the show with us today and the Detroit Red Wings for giving us at MSU Impact Sports the opportunity to come to the 2014 training camp up here in Traverse City, Michigan. For more information on the Detroit Red Wings training camp, the team in general, or any other Michigan State or Detroit sports, go to www.impact89fm.org sports. As always, I'm your host, Austin Goodman, saying, guys, get ready and enjoy the rest of your weekends. Thank you very much.